If you were offered a four-day working week, would you take it? <laughs> Actually, to save time, let me rephrase that. And let me be very careful with the wording so I don't make a Trumpian mistake. If you were offered a four-day working week, who wouldn't take it? I mean, most of us would just jump in it, wouldn't it? Uh, not because it's a four-day working week, but because it means it's a three-day weekend. But, of course, to afford the three-day weekend... We've got to work for the employers for four days. And in that work, we have to make enough money that we can afford the luxury of the perpetual long weekend. So the perpetual guardian trial of the four-day working week has finished. And its boss, Andrew Barnes, uh, told Mike Hosking this morning it's been a huge success. In fact, he rated it 9.5 out of 10. Uh, There was a fear around that to get all the work done. Work life would be more stressful, but staff surveys say the stress level actually reduced with a four-day working week. The research everyone loved was the substantial improvement in work-life balance. Andrew Barnes says he saw a massive increase in engagement. In other words, when people were at work, they worked, and they wanted to work, and they liked working, and the staff were more satisfied, and now they're happier, and they intend to stay with the company longer. It's all good. So he says the important thing here, though, is the word productivity. And the company reports that their productivity is as good as it's always been, and in fact, in some areas, just slightly better. So Andrew Barnes believes it's time to talk about our workforce and why we lag behind other countries in terms of productivity. And I don't think anyone would disagree with him. But, you know, productivity is one of those jargon buzzwords that remains an abstract concept for many people. As Andrew Barnes uh, decides to define it, we're paying for productivity, not for hours' work. It's a simple point that too few don't get. And to show you how entrenched that uh, missing the point is and the old ways of working are, just look at our employment legislation. And in fact, you can look specifically at the Holidays Act, where you don't earn your holidays for what you created and what you achieved and what you did but for how many hours and days you attended work. And because of that framework, you can be penalised. If you complete your assigned work quickly, you can end up with less holidays. It's the same if you work above and beyond expectations. Last year, I was a prime example. My work obligation was to provide a programme one day a week, no overtime. Sometimes the Sunday show took 20 hours to put together. Sometimes it took only six. But because of the payroll system being based on hours... We had to pick a number out of the year and say, that's what I worked every week. And it all came unstuck when I took holidays. And we had many complex calculations of hours to see if that was possible because I was a part-time worker and everything is on a 40-hour working week. It was just mental. It was just mental. And it had nothing to do with productivity, which was, did I make a program that everyone was happy with at the end? Yes, I did. And we see it all over the place. We're seeing it in the collective pay negotiations at the moment. It's all about hours and bits and pieces. We see it in arcane and archaic arguments about meeting times and whether they should be paid for and smoko breaks and how many times do you go to the toilet. It's got nothing to do with productivity. Grant Robertson has banged on for a long time about productivity. Perpetual Guardian is actually looking at the real issues I hope the finance minister goes and talks to Andrew Barnes. I hope the finance minister is watching closely so we stop talking about uh, productivity and actually get some.